Welcome to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans. The fans have won already. What a spectacular week of competition we have seen. On this episode, we have Jason Line and Antron Brown, two guys making huge headlines in the NHRA. And there is not a happier human being on planet Earth than the woman in that pro stock car. Breaking news, hot takes, and more. Goodbye, Snake, and hello, Ace. This is the NHRA Insider. And the wildest day in the history of this category is finally complete. Oh, man. What a show do we have for you today. It's going to be awesome. This will actually be the last episode before the Winter Nationals in Pomona, California, as I will be heading out to the NHRA Bat Cave next week prior to the race, so I will not be uh, able to create a podcast a specific pre-Pomona podcast, but to be honest, this is way better. Uh, Antron Brown, Jason Line are our guests. Of course, Jason Line talking in depth with him about his final season as a driver in the pro stock category, what it means, how he came to this decision, and then Antron Brown dropped probably the biggest news of the off season uh, today as I make this podcast. The press release came out this morning to indicate that a, a new entity called AB Motorsports has been formed, and that entity will operate inside Don Schumacher Racing for the time being, but all. Ultimately, uh, it will be turned out and Antron will be a team owner. Not only that, he actually goes into the depth of what he wants to accomplish over the next couple of years and which class he will be moving to apparently sooner rather than later. He's going to run this season where he's at, but uh, there's a lot in that interview and uh, we packed it into a, a, a short amount of time because Antron is, uh, as I speak right now, with Toyota uh, having meetings in North Carolina. So uh, very appreciative to him for taking the time, but we'll get to that in a minute. Other major preseason news and minor preseason news that has come flooding out over the last week or so. Kenny Koretsky's son going to be making a debut in the pro stock category. Uh, we know Chris McGahey's son is going to be coming out this year as well. Uh, we know that the uh, elite motorsports team has been testing extensively in Florida, bringing a couple of new pro stock racers along. The answer is right now there are 16 pro stock cars on the entry sheet for Pomona. And sitting around and doing some bench racing this morning with a couple of the guys uh, in on the scene here, we're predicting 20 to 22 Pro Stock cars at Pomona, uh, which is awesome, which is also an indication of places that we have a lot more of the part-time racers, different parts of the country. We're going to have races with 25, 26 of these things again, which is uh, awesome, and they'll be clumped very tightly together. Big news for Lex June. For those of you who follow Lex June on social media, you probably should if you don't. Uh, he bought himself a rig with the help of uh, Chiff Lofton from uh, strutmasters.com. It is a, a momentous step up for that team. I believe it's the, the former Dote family racing tractor trailer truck. But remember, um, they have run that car out of Jeff Gordon's old Chaparral sprint car trailer for a couple of years. So they will be pulling in uh, when they do get out this year, which I believe, I'm not sure how many races they plan on running. I think they ran 10 or 12 last year. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's about the same this year, but um, that rig is going to transform their race team in many ways. The amount of stuff you can carry, how you can travel, how you can transport things. Um, they have a new shop in Indianapolis as well. So it's an amazing evolution to watch a guy like Lex June come from quite literally having nothing other than a very old top fuel car into showing up once or twice and blowing a bunch of stuff up and then finding some money here and there and finding some product deals here and there. And, you know, you may you may be able to, uh, if you're among the more cynical of us, you may be able to turn your nose up at some of his results. But, my God, the heart and passion that guy has is, uh, you know, the size of 10 men. He and Gerda 
have done amazing things with nothing so far, and uh, they are starting to get something now. So very excited about that. Um, and, you know, the biggest news and the one topic I'm going to spend some time uh, on right now is the fact that um, the NHRA made changes to the countdown. And, um, boy, that was, a, that was a bee's nest of a response that came out of that. Now, I understand the changes. I understand the logic that is being employed here with these changes that, uh, that were made. Um, I can't say that I'm doing backflips over it, but when I start to look at what these things are trying to achieve, I get it. I get the fact that we, as a sport, need to have more teams involved. We need to have more teams with a chance. We need to have more teams, the smaller teams, the single car teams, with the reason to compete more, with a reason to be out there more, with a reason to achieve more and to try to run for the countdown. We'll run for a championship, run for high points position, run for a top 10 to get paid. Understand that, and I feel as though this does present a situation where, okay, I got some incentive to do this now. I got some incentive to try to step up, maybe try to sell something a little different in a sponsorship package, maybe trying to lean on it a little bit harder and try to do this thing in a different manner than it would have done before. I understand that it is going to affect, and we are going to have some drama in terms of who ends up in the top 10. Listen, there's going to be some decent cars that end up 11, 12, 13, whatever. And those guys and girls can fight their way into the top 10 to get paid. The more cars we have out here, obviously, the better, right? And that goes for everything. We just talked about Pro Stock having a couple dozen cars at at more than a couple races this year. We're going to have huge Pro Stock car counts because of all the people coming in. That was a change that worked masterfully. The 18 race season for Pro Stocks worked great. I understand how this countdown change is going to work. I think it's going to be something that takes a season or two for us to actually start to see some, some payout on, to start to see some results on. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to make things interesting. Now, like I said before, I'm not doing backflips over this thing. I'm not like thinking it's the greatest uh, thing that's ever happened to drag racing. And I've said so, and I'm saying so here. But um, I also refuse to believe some of the just insane scenarios people have come up with out there in terms of, oh, someone's going to go to 18 races and just make two qualifiers, and then that's what their season's going to be. For what? Why would you do that? People calling this a participation medal. For what? Why are you doing that? It is not a participation medal. If you are the 13th person to get in the countdown, so to speak, and you are the first person to be eliminated from championship contention, making you 13th, you know what you get for your participation medal? Nothing. You get exactly what you would have gotten if you finished 13th before this change was made, or 15th, or 18th, or 20th. Irrelevance. If you're the person that gets in 13th and is able to claw their way to number 8 or 9, okay, now we're talking. Now you're going to earn yourself a top 10 bonus at the end of the year. If you're the person that started 6th and ends up 12th, yikes. Not good. And those would be the people that are yelling the loudest. The people that get knocked backwards out of the top 10. And mark my words, it'll happen. And it's going to be something that will be kind of a dramatic point for us as we go through the countdown. You're going to be looking at both ends of it, really. You're going to be looking at the top three, obviously, to determine a championship. And you're also going to be watching who is making moves out of those uh, wild wild card spots that really have become available now. Who's going to be making an effect on you know, stepping up to the plate and trying to scrap their way through and trying to prove that they're uh, of championship caliber, even coming from a dark horse position. You know, all those things are going to provide to the storyline, but... 
for the people out there that are talking about these insane theorems that people are going to do all this stuff and then magically some sort of incredible race team will burst forth uh, in the countdown and they'll become a championship caliber team out of nowhere. Come on. I get it. I get people are freaked out by it or whatever. I get people don't like change. And I respect the fact that people may not like this a lot. I respect the fact, like, if you don't like it, I get it. But if you're going to make insane insinuations about things that are literally not ever going to happen, nor would they ever on this earth, that's when it gets annoying. I had spirited uh, debate on my own social media channels with drivers and fans and even Bob Vandergriff, uh, team owner. And I respect Bob. I respect his, uh, his ability to, to run his team successfully as they have. It's an incredibly impressive operation. I respect all the success he's had in life and business and in drag racing. And he has his opinions on that, and I have mine. At the end of the day, he's one of the guys that's in the participation medal category. And I just don't buy it because there is no medal. There is no free lunch. There is no, there is no anything other than the ability to say, yeah, I was involved in the championship countdown in 2020. And I feel like that's a valuable thing to be able to tell a potential sponsor when you sit down and try to sell them and expand your program for the following season. I don't think it is a mark of shame to be the 12th or 13th entrant into the countdown, nor would be a mark of shame finishing 12th or 13th, but I feel like it is... Uh, there's an indignance in some of these opinions that just is weirds me out. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand, you know, a team that is, um, a team that is a, a top caliber team, pick any one of the big five or six, let's call them, let's call them the big 10. If we look at our top 10 teams in, in top fuel or nitro funny car, shouldn't they all be finishing in the top 10? Is this, is this an uncomfortable reaction because of pressure? Is this an increased level of competition? Maybe, I don't know. It is going to be fun to watch. And, well, I think it may strip us of some things. It may strip us of the the kind of nail-biting moments at Indy is who's going to make it, who isn't. There's always that bubble, those bubble cars, the 10 to 13 finishers in, in any particular category. That's normally a kind of a hot button going into the U.S. Nationals. We don't have that anymore, but what do we learn or what do we earn through the countdown? We probably earn through those last six races, some different types of drama that, frankly, I can't foresee. You can't predict this stuff. You can't predict Fernando Quadra going to a final in Maple Grove, or you can't predict Sean Langdon winning in St. Louis. You can't predict some of this stuff that happens, which makes the sport great and also makes things interesting. So I think at the end of the day, the main things to take away here is that this is designed, of course, to raise participation levels in the pro categories. It is designed to give people incentive to step their program up. It is designed to perhaps create more balance between teams that have unlimited, if you will, funding and teams that don't. And I would argue that the more cars we have that are contenders, the more cars we have that can run at a high level, the more cars we have that can compete, the better off we are. I want qualifying to be awesome. I want qualifying to be 20, 22 cars every single race because then things change. Things drastically change when the car counts rise. And, 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 it's, a, and it's a thing that we're going to watch happen in Pro Stock this year, guaranteed. You're going to see things that Pro Stock drivers doing and saying things that you haven't seen in years because of the increased pressure just to qualify for the shows. And I want to see it in every category. We already have it in Pro Mod. My God, look at the Pro Mod qualifying at every race. It's like a sledgehammer fight. It's crazy. We're going to get there with the fuel cars to that to that volume? No, but we don't need to. You want to put on a good show. You want to have that dramatic, cool finish down to the last of the last fighting their way down, like in Pomona, like we saw this year. 
But I think ultimately, the reason for the changes, I agree with. The kind of end goal of the changes, I agree with. The changes themselves, we'll see. I was one of those guys that kind of sat on the fence for the 18-race pro stock season, and it worked better than anybody's expectations, I think, to this point. and continues to play to pay dividends in 2020. So I'm not writing off. I'm certainly on board. I'm certainly on board with the action and, and kind of experiencing this as we go. But I'm not buying at all into this participation medal theory. So rather than me continue to rant, I think I've gotten all that out, at least enough to get me in trouble. Uh, we're going to move on and we will start with our first guest, a man who has had a decorated, one of the great pro stock careers of all time, made an announcement that he is going to, at the end of 2020, step out of the driver's seat and he is going to concentrate his time in the engine shop, spend more time with his family down in North Carolina. He is Jason Line and he is opening us up here in the NHRA Insider Podcast. I'm good. How are you? Good, man. We got uh, we got a few things to talk about here, and I guess I want to start with probably the most recent. Um, you guys kind of had the fleet or most of the fleet out in testing. How'd it go? Uh, well, we didn't hit anything, so <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was good. We, we can still use all the cars again. Um, it was it was a little tough. Um, it rained the first couple of days. Yeah. We, we basically uh, wasted two days, and uh, that was that was painful. So. Uh, you hate to waste any time, uh, and especially this time of year. So uh, it was it was a little tough, but uh, we ended up getting some runs in and uh, and uh, you know blew the cobwebs off everything and make sure everything still works. And uh, not really sure we came up with any uh, any major revelations, but uh, um, uh, nonetheless, uh, all good. So uh, we're, we're ready. Uh, well, we're almost ready to go to Pomona. So. Yeah, you guys you guys made runs at Orlando. And I was doing a um, like a kind of an outlaw pro mod drag radio race down at Bradenton, where I know most of the, the pro stock teams test. Uh, you know, at least hey, if anything else, you pulled a couple of uh, data points out, maybe for the fifty thousand dollar to win World Door Slammer Nationals coming up. But I believe both you and Jason are going to race that, right? Uh, yes, uh, there's there's no reason not to. So uh, we're definitely going to do that. And uh, yeah, we kind of uh, kind of hacked on Richard just a little bit because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's kind of spearheading this whole thing, right? And then he goes to some other race track to test. So didn't quite get that one, but you know, whatever. So yeah. uh, you know, hopefully that gives us a better chance to, uh, uh, you know, to, to, to try and win the race. So um, yeah, it should be a fun deal. At this point in the year for your preparation, um, I guess you know, is it is it pretty much done as far as preparing for twenty twenty at this point? I mean, I know you guys work like dogs all the way through the year, but in terms of the the goals of the off season, has the window closed on trying to trying to tie up loose ends, or is there still kind of up until the last second you guys actually mess with stuff before you leave? Uh, we'll work up to the last second, but the problem is you got no, you know, right now with the way the way the current engine package is, you, you can you can test it here and and see if it has uh, has potential, but. Uh, you know, some it's not a dynamic test. You still got to put it in the car and go yeah. run it. So, um, you know, that window is closed up on us for sure. So, uh, kind of got what we got, and uh, we'll go there and uh, you know try to do a better job on the details. And uh, and that's really what you, that's the goal. That's that's sure. what I hope for. So, the uh, you know the 2020 season will be the the finish line tour as it has been dubbed. As you're going to step out of the seat at the end of uh, at the end of the finals in Pomona and, and concentrate your time at KB Racing and the engine building side of things and 
Um, you know, when the news broke, you know, I saw a lot of interviews that you did, and really in the days kind of just following that. And I honestly wanted to let it before I before I came and interrupted your privacy. I wanted to I wanted to let it sink in a little bit because I think there, you know, I think in, in any type of situation like that, there is the moment that the news comes out and there's this big kind of push, and then there's kind of a quiet period where you kind of reflect on on what you've done and what you have decided to do. And I guess um, I guess in my question to you is in the in the interim between the the craziness of the news coming out and I guess today, um, you're still a piece of the decision, yeah? Yeah, it's been yeah. pretty peaceful until you just brought it up. So, <laughs> um, so now, you know, obviously you don't make those decisions lightly. So, right. uh, you know, I, did, uh, I didn't flip a coin or anything. Sure. So, um, uh, you know, it, it's time and, uh, and I, I'm ready for the change and uh, hopefully my, my family is as well. I'm hope, hoping they, they want me home a little more. So, um, it's, uh, it's good. You know, uh, yeah, drag racing has been, has been wonderful to me and the sport's been great. And, uh, I don't, uh, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to overstay my welcome. Sure. And, uh, you know, you've seen folks in the past who, who leave and then they, they kind of bitter about it and they, they, uh, they say things that, uh, that they shouldn't say about the sport and, uh, you know, cause things change and, right. and we all change and, uh, you know, I, I got nothing bad to say. So uh, it, it's been great for me, and I, I hope that opportunity is there for for you know younger folks coming up and say if they so choose to do. But um, um, been a been a heck of a ride, it really. Has. Yeah, you know, and I think the it is a very rare thing in any type of racing for someone who has had the level of success that you have and and hopefully continue to have in 2020 to be able to step away in their own terms. I mean, the the greatest people in this sport are often, like, as you mentioned, ground out of it because they can't raise the funds or they can't find the deal or the technology yep. passes them by. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that because, you know, I, you're not a big ego guy. I know that because I know you pretty well. But there has to be some satisfaction in being able to do this on your own terms. Um, yeah, I suppose so. Um, I, I don't know that I've thought about it in that that manner but um you know i i think i think for me the hardest thing for the last couple of years is i i feel like i haven't quite always done it justice and nobody wants to go to work right. and <laughs> come home and say you know i did a i did a so-so job today <laughs> right so so that that's a little bit tough on 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 your ego and on your your uh your just overall uh mental health so uh you know i don't i don't want that and yeah. uh you know, you know, it's time, and I, again, I don't need to hog the the seat forever. Like, I'd like sure. some younger guy to come in and have the opportunity to, uh, you know, to to do his thing, and um, you know, ho- hopefully that's what I'm doing here. So, um, it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's going to be interesting, and um, like I say, it's been it's been great. You know, Ken and Judy, they they've literally changed my my life, and uh, you know, without them and all of all the folks at summit racing uh you know uh, it's been i mean it's been wonderful i i got nothing but good memories and uh and we're not done yet so oh absolutely no yeah what a- yeah, I'm not dying. No, so no, no, no. That's yeah, the, <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> that's what makes us. That's what makes us a still, cool and unique situation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, obviously, I still, uh, you know, I want to be involved in pro stock and love the class and always have and, uh, um, you know, hopefully, I can do a better job here at the shop to help, you know, KB Racing and Summit win win more races and uh, just doing it in a different way. So uh, that's my goal, and uh, and of course, I still want to go pop some wheelies once in a while oh yeah 
my stalker. So uh, I still, like I say, I love the sport and uh, love uh, everything about it, really. So Knowing, uh, you know, your personality type and how motivated and driven both you and Greg are to succeed, is there going to be a part of you that's going to need to, you know, manage your time in the shop when this becomes your primary role? Only because race is beginning and end. You You show up on Thursday, you race the car, you go home Sunday night or Monday morning. The shop doesn't end. The shop is there. You can walk in any time of the day, 24 hours a day. It's not that far from home. You can turn the lights on whenever you want. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want there. So with your personality type, with the, with the, the want and need to succeed, how, how do you try to, I guess, balance being home versus, you know, it, will it be tough for you not to get consumed by that place, I guess is my question. I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um you know, it's been, I don't know, almost, uh, I guess probably 18 or 19 years since, since, uh, you know, I've been in that role. So, um, and it was much different, of course, back then I was with, you know, NASCAR team. So, um, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think I could get used to having a, a more, uh, quasi normal life. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> sure. at, the, at the same time, I don't know, you know, I, I, I still have a lot of things I want to do and learn and, and accomplish. So, um, I don't know, but I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about you know hopefully uh, being able to put a little bit different thought into uh, this side of the of the business and the engine to uh, you know try to try to make things better. Your son Jack, in many ways, uh, kind of a chip off the old block. I think it's neat that um, obviously your love of engines and making horsepower has certainly translated to him. We often, when school's out for the summer, we see him at the racetrack a lot, and he is not just there to be window dressing. You put him to work, and <laughs> you know he's. He's swapping valve springs and doing all kinds of stuff with uh, with the different engines and different teams. He loves Bo Butner and all that kind of stuff. So I guess talk a little bit about um, kind of your pride in him and the fact that you know he he seems to have uh, have really kind of picked up picked up a lot of the stuff that you have done in front of him um, and and loves this stuff. He he does. He may not always have the best you know taste and when it comes to choosing uh, mentors, <laughs> but. but uh, uh, but but he he absolutely is ate up by the sport and by um, uh, you know he's very he's into the mechanical side of things so um, he uh, he's very ate up by it he he's <laughs> you know one one of the best things I ever did I was just telling the story is, is I got him a a three D printer for his uh, his birthday oh, a couple cool. years ago and he has worn that thing out and he's uh, <laughs> he's learning you know he so he's learned how to do you know do uh, do CAD drawing so. Uh, so he he's working on it every single day, and like he's is that it's made him, of course you know he likes to sleep, so it's made him realize that there's actually you know two six o'clocks in the day <laughs> because it's the only thing he will get up in the morning to do is because he'll program the machine he'll let it run all night and he'll he wants to get up in the morning to see what it made so uh, uh, yeah it's been great and uh, he's you know he's got his own his own his own little thing so it's not. You know him working on what I'm working on. It's his own little niche, so he's uh, he's super into it, and uh, and it's and it's fun to watch. And you know, I can understand how parents get caught up in what their kids do because uh, you know I'm enjoying watching him learn. So it's uh, it's it's fun, and and the fact that he has interest in not the same thing as me, but certainly um, same arena. Yeah. So uh, 
that's good. He loves cars, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be fun to to see where he goes. So outside of the uh, the, the your own uh, situation here for 2020, um, it it is going to be a bumper crop of pro stock cars at pretty much every race. I was actually talking to a guy this morning, and we kind of made a rough list. And there's already 16 on the sheet right now for Pomona. And we think there could be as many as 20 to 22 when it's all said and done out there for the first race of the year. And it's incredible because, you know, when you look back at the days when there were the 30 cars showing up, it's all great to have the 30 cars there. But there was like two tenths spread between everybody. And my feeling and uh, is that these 20 cars that show up here, it's probably going to be half that. I mean, I think by the time you get down to car 21 or 22, you're only a tenth off what the number one's going to be. It is pretty amazing to see what's happened and, and all these young kids that are going to be flown into the class this year. I guess if you can talk about that a little bit, because, you know, it wasn't but a couple of years ago, people were kind of chattering their teeth. But honestly, it seems incredibly healthy, maybe more so than it's been in years now. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, un- unfortunately, people tend to focus on the negative things. And, uh, you know, I think every, you know, such is life, right? You have ups and downs. And, uh, and, and I think that you'll have that in. Yeah, you know, certainly it's been in all the classes, and and, yeah, and it will 100%. continue to be. So, yeah, yeah it's just that's just the way it is. So, um, and I'm sure there's lots of reasons for it, but uh, you know, who knows? And we don't have enough time for all that. Oh yeah. But, uh, but the, the fact that uh, you know people still want to race and they still want to have fun, and, and I think um, you know the, the pro classes maybe not quite as much fun as sure. you know, the sports and stuff. <laughs> sure. But but uh, you know it is still a certain amount of fun, and they're willing to spend money on it to uh, to do it because you know it is very it's a difficult thing to do to make a, a living doing it, and you know Greg and I are probably a select few that that uh, are among a select few that yeah. have been able to do that certainly in recent years. So uh, it's it's hard to do, and um, uh, but all that being said, pe- people still want to spend money and they still want to do it. So. Um, it's uh, it's an exciting time actually, and uh, I think there's uh, again I, I think you know being able to step back from it for me and, and watch what happens and be part of it in a different way is going to be um, it's going to be a lot of fun and, uh, and and lots of room for growth. So uh, uh, it'll it'll be entertaining to see what happens. Yeah, I think one of the the things that I like about the names and the people we're seeing that are going to be trying the class for the first time this year, kind of making a, an entrance in, whether it's part-time or full-time, is that it, it the majority of them have taken the sportsman path. And I think for for a stretch of time, you know, for for the longest time, it was like you you became a very good sportsman racer and then you you always wanted to graduate to pro stock. And then it's like it almost that, – that path seemed to get obscured a little bit or it, it just wasn't that way for a while. And now it's like I look at the Aaron Stanfields of the world and I look at Koretsky's kid coming in and I look at McGahey's kid coming in. It's like, okay, I think we may be starting to reestablish that path kind of that you followed really, right? I mean, that was you, – you're a stock eliminator racer to the core, but this was something that you aspired to because that's kind of what you did when you're a good sportsman racer. You always wanted to try your hand at pro stock. Sure, that's that's the carrot. You know, you always wanted to kind of – I think that's you know human nature. You want to move up or move to the next yeah. uh, level. And, uh, you know, sometimes those move-ups, uh, <laughs> sometimes they don't <laughs> – they don't even seem like lateral moves, really. They they move up sometimes. Seems like a move down in some ways. <laughs> you know, for, certainly from a, a workload standpoint. Yeah. But um, um, yeah, you know, Ken used to make fun of me when I first started. He he kind of hacked on me because 
He said, Geez, you know, why would you want to run that stock eliminator? I said, well, well, it was real simple for me. Like, like I couldn't afford to run those stocks. So, so and, and, you know, typically drag racers, we we, uh, we choose the class that we want to run, that we can afford to run. Exactly. And then, then we move up two from there, and that's where you start. <laughs> so, and that's what I did, because I had no business. I didn't have enough money to to feel the stalker but you know you, you know necessity is the mother of invention right so you you work hard towards this this goal and this this care and that that's what uh you know that's what drives you that's what uh you know helps uh get you to that next level so it's uh and, and you know for me i was fortunate enough to be in the right place right time it's really more of a matter of luck than anything but uh i was able to put in enough effort uh to to really get get very lucky so uh i've been surrounded by great people and um it's been uh, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun, and the more I think about it, and, I, and again, I'm not super nostalgic, but but uh, you know, because of everything that's happened here lately, that I have thought about it more. People have said things that you know sparked uh, sparked certain thoughts, and uh, boy, it's been uh, I've, I've been really uh, you know surrounded by a lot of great folks. It was a very exciting end to the 2019 season, of course. It came down to Pomona, all the drama that came up on Sunday morning with Greg and Erica, and the great kind of racing drama, like not weird stuff. Like That was an, an incredible thing to watch form up and then actually happen. And, you know, when the when the first qualifying session happened, we are kind of standing there watching it, and it was like a little light bulb went off in my head. I went, oh, man, I think they might be trying to do this. And then when it happened twice, I thought, oh, my God, they're actually going to try it. And then you pulled it off. I mean, obviously the, the result was the result, but you put yourself in a position to be, you know, the KB team put themselves in a position to, to have a shot at it. Um, yep. Were you as surprised as we were that you actually pulled off the alignment that you needed to? Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, and it made for it made for you know it made you turn turn the race on. And watch oh, it was awesome. It. So, yeah, it, it was a great thing. And uh, you know, Greg, I, I kind of chuckle at him because you know he's not a bracket racer at all. Like he, not that I am either, but you know, at one time I did it, so I, I at least get the the concept. Sure. And, uh, you know, he um, he studied like during that week. Of course, our, our equipment, most everything was out on the road, so he sat at his computer and looking at runs and trying to calculate exactly where he needed to shut off to go you know whatever the whatever the number was and and, and we all kind of made fun of him really because it was you know here's a guy like well you know love him hate him whatever that guy he works oh he's an animal anybody else in this class i can promise you and he you know he's at, even at his age uh like he is still so driven to do it. I, I have the utmost respect for him uh, for that because, you know, not many people can maintain that focus and that drive for that many years. He, he, and especially, it's not like he hasn't been successful. He's, you know, he's oh yeah, he's won a lot of damn races. So uh, yeah, he still has that same. <laughs> he still has that same drive, and I, I have you know a lot of respect for him for that because yeah, I, I couldn't do it. There's no question. But uh, but anyway, it was entertaining to watch him and. and uh, you know, we all just kind of chuckle because, like, you know, it's not not you're not going to be able to do it. So yeah, anyway, this is never actually going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it was like he had it narrowed down to uh, to you know based off what he felt like you know she could run and what what whatever, what the field was going to run, and depending on where she ended up, he figured out that somewhere between a thousand and twenty six and a thousand and thirty two feet is where he had to lift. Oh my god! So. And and he and he got it like both times like he he uh, so I think he could be a bracket racer because he absolutely knew where the front wheels were so uh, or the front end was so 
um, you know, he, he did it. So it was really, <laughs> it, it was funny, and uh, we all got a good kick yeah. out of it. And, uh, well, and that yeah, adds, too. that to me adds like an even more awesome layer to the story because obviously we knew you guys didn't just come up with this scheme on Saturday morning. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like you're, when you rolled out of the racetrack on Friday when, hey, what if we try this? Obviously, this was like, you know, hey, how do we give ourselves a chance? This is the only kind of last ditch we have. But to, 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 to have the kind of, uh, you know, mental picture of him just constantly scrolling back and watching runs. It's just he, his eyes must have been about ready to bleed by the time he was done from <laughs> done from that yeah, exercise. He, well, he's very he's um, stubborn is not the right word, but he's uh, <laughs> persistent. You know, and like you know, he he put a lot of thought into it. So, yeah. uh, and uh, it, it was it was it was funny to watch from the inside and outside. So uh, yeah, that's good. It made for good. Uh, Made for good actual drama, not you know garbage drama, real racing drama. So uh, oh, that was great. Uh, and you know that to me, I think I think most of us we we started racing because you know we liked cars and we liked the competition and you know the other the other stuff that goes with it sometimes is not always so fun. But uh, but that was that was fun. So. So other than the obvious, uh, you know, wanting to be uh, wanting to be a champion at the end of the season, wanting to win as many races as possible, do you have any any personal goals for this 2020 trip that you'll be taking around this season? Is there anything like opportunities to do something you haven't done on the road or, or, or slowing down a little bit or trying to smell the roses? I mean, is there anything in the back of your mind you're going to go, okay, because I know I have a finite answer to what's going to happen at the end of the season, are you going to are you going to approach anything differently? Um. You know, probably. Uh, I, I don't have a great answer for it yet, but sure. you know, somebody said something to me yesterday about it. Said, you know, it's, hey, this is the last chance you have to win the Winter Nationals. So like, wow, yeah, I, I didn't. You know, of course I know that, but I didn't. You don't really, think of it in those terms, yeah? No. And when somebody actually said it, it's like, wow, you're right. <laughs> it is the last <laughs> chance. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm sure that I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a, a different approach and and really try to enjoy the moment and enjoy the people. Um, because that is still what makes uh, uh, it's the it's sometimes it's the worst part of the sport, but it's also oh, yeah. without question the best part of the sport. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to enjoy that and, and uh, enjoying some of the fans that you you know you see only at certain uh, you know specific racetracks. So uh, I'm going to enjoy all of it. I'm going to try to and uh, I'm going to try to bring my family with me to. Uh, to a few more races and uh, cool. be a bad parent and let them skip school. So, uh, <laughs> hey man, uh, you know as well as I do, and and you had the same experiences with your with your mom and dad. I'm sure going to the races as I did with mine as a kid. There are certain days that you'll there were certain days that math class was the last like the stuff you didn't do uh, at school that day was far outweighed by the life experience you had otherwise. So you're, you're yeah, by no, no means doubt. you're making the wrong call there. Yeah. No, they'll just be they'll be educated in a different venue. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nope. there's, uh, there's a lot of good to it. So they have the rest of their lives to continue to go to school. So um, yeah, it, it'll be um, it'll be fun. And like I say, I'm just going to try to uh, you know try to enjoy them all, which is something you know I typically haven't been good at in the past. You know, you're just you're busy and you're um, you know, you're trying to do your job and stay focused. And uh, um, I'll have a different approach for sure. Well, cool, man. I appreciate it. And I, like so many other drag racing fans, look forward to uh, to kind of watching how this year plays out for you. And again, I, I just think it's a very interesting, cool thing that you've had the opportunity to to do it the way you've done it. Um, you know, the amount of, what, 50 wins. You've had you know, you're, 
the career speaks for itself, of course, but to be able to choose how you're going to transition into this role of uh, being in the engine shop full time is unique and, and awesome. And uh, like I said, in, in other circumstances, this would be like kind of a sad bummer of a conversation. But in, in from where I sit, and I'm sure from where you sit, this is really kind of neat because now it, it opens a gate to the next phase of your uh, of your career in drag racing. So I really appreciate you taking the time to chat and I look forward to seeing you shortly in uh, in sunny Southern California. Well, I appreciate you calling me. So uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, um, we'll uh, look forward to seeing you there as well. So appreciate it. All right, here I hear Greg screaming at you. Got to go CC some heads or something, man. Get out of here. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> See you, Jason. Thanks. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, our second guest on the NHRA Insider Podcast has made huge news this week. Guy's made huge news his whole career, but this week, uh, kind of a blockbuster as we have Antron Brown on the line. It's been announced that AB Motorsports has been formed and will be working with uh, DSR to kind of get up and running. And eventually, Antron, uh, you're going to be kind of hand- handling the keys of your own top fuel operation. Yeah, Brian, I tell you what, man, it's uh, it's been one of those dreams, man, that's you, I, you can still see it, man. I, I see the tunnel now. I'm in that tunnel, brother. So still got my work cut out for me, but at the end of the day i got all the right backers behind me you know with the partners like mac who has been behind me he's been it's, it's been the rock with uh trd with toyota and then with hankstifers and then also with the new major associate coming board with globals really really making all this stuff come to fruition man and and uh don and all the dsr and the whole staff there i mean don's been super supportive because he's knew it for years what i've been wanting to do and for him to be the backbone in this to really help this go brother it's a it's definitely a true blessing without a doubt well you know i think one of the things that intrigues me about this so much is that your career you have proven and you have provided and, and shown a roadmap to success in professional drag racing for a lot of people who may not have recognized that they could do it but now this is this follows the same pattern you've had in your whole career i've never heard of a of a of this style of agreement or this style of metamorphosis happening on good terms, right? We always hear about the the splinter, the bad breakup, the this person, that person, the fingers are pointing. This is like a crazy, in, a, in the best way, it's like been embraced by both sides. It's been, and it's going to be ultimately be very positive for both sides. So I guess, I guess my first question is what was the, what was the conversation that led to this moment right now that we're talking about? No, this, you know, uh, me and Don, you know, at the end of the day, it was, it was, it was funny. It was crazy because a lot of rumors came out different, different ways. Like back in the day, like, oh, you're gonna go drive for Force. Oh, you're, oh, you're gonna go drive over at Coletta's. Are you gonna go drive for Torrance Racing? Or you're going here, going there? I said, let me tell you something. I said, if I was going to drive for somewhere, I said, you like nobody will be hearing about it. It, it would have just happened. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's what made me laugh. I always just hear all the different rumors and different stuff of that nature. But it was flattering at the same time. But I always had it made up in my mind that my next step is if, like, you know, if I couldn't drive at DSR that I would drive for myself. Yeah. You get what I mean? And uh, and me and Don, we started talking about different things of that nature, and me and him had a heart-to-heart, and I told him, I said, this is what I like to do. And when you look at John, I mean, at Don's, like, like look at his whole career, what he has done for this sport. Absolutely. Right? You look at uh, all the race wins, all like over 17 championships, over 350-plus wins, you get what I mean? Oh yeah. And 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 he's been in every Hall of Fame of every different in, in every different motorsports Hall of Fame across the globe. Okay. Well, the thing about it is at the end of the day, what's next when 
You know what I mean? Yeah. What happens when Don Schumacher goes, well, I want to retire? What happens when John Force wants to retire? What happens when Connie Coletta goes, like, you know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. And, no, and, these are and, yeah, these are all real questions, man, 100%. You, you get what I'm saying? Well, who's next in line to bring the talent up to put them in, where, like, you know, to bring them into our sport that can see that next person coming up, like the eye of the tiger, like, like you know, the Matt Sackmans that I see out there. You know what I mean? Or, like, the Megan Myers and people that stuff, or the Just Nashes coming in doing his splash. You get what I mean? Jordan Vandergrift. Like, you, you want to get all the new kids in there and think about who's the next to bring that in and to see and realize that young talent, to see that passion and desire in their eye that really wants to be out of here. Well, the only way you get that is by making more opportunities, Yeah, making more race teams, give more opportunities. And, uh, and, uh, I, I just can't thank Don enough for what he's doing and, and, uh, and actually doing this with me and helping me with this brother. And, and I mean, it's, it's not an easy task by any means. Trust me. It's still, a whole bunch of things that have to happen and and i'm going through and uh this is definitely going to be a work in the progress but uh i'm looking forward to that challenge and i couldn't do it with all the good people like you know like brian karate's coming back and he's, and he's a part of this he's definitely a part of this and he's very instrumental in making all this stuff happen and then with all the crew guys we have with mark oswald's going to stay there and brad mason and yeah. the rest of our macro boys man and kyle matt chris biggie d i mean uh, Aaron's there. Uh, shoot, we got so many people. Chris Watson and Tyler Allison. We've got so many people that are that are a part of this. And and the thing about it is, we have the dream team back, brother. And and that's what counts. That we can lean on one each, each other, and we could try to make something great happen. Yeah, I mean, there's two you know two points that I'd like to bring up. One is the fact that um, this is a very, in my opinion, forward thinking decision by Don Schumacher, and it's a it's a forward thinking decision and approach for the overall long term health of the sport. Because you well you know as well as I do, he could have thrown his arms around the whole thing and said, "Nope, this is mine, and it'll be mine until I decide it's not mine." And then when that day comes, who knows what's next? He didn't do that. I mean, this is the exact opposite of that, to help you grow, to help you succeed, and to help you have the tools you need to advance. Um, it, it, it provides, again, that roadmap for what is the next what is the next 25 years of this sport look like? What is the next 15 years of this sport look like? Because, like you said, in all honesty, it, those later years of that time frame don't include Connie, Connie Coletta or Don Schumacher, and they probably do include John Forrest, just not in a race car. So um, I think this is a very hopeful moment for all of us when we look at the long-term future down the road. Now, getting to your team, uh, what was the first call with karate like? <laughs> like, hey, man, welcome back. Like, what was that first phone call? I imagine it was pretty good. Well, the thing about it is, is that, uh, like, you know, me and Brian, I mean, we're always with your brothers no matter what. Even, even like, when he left, he was just ready for a new challenge. It wasn't that he really wanted to leave. He was right. He wanted to go funny car racing. That was his biggest thing. He wanted to go win in funny cars. And and that's something that, that we're shooting for down in the future coming up here is that, you know, you know, one day I'm going to switch over to a funny car. That's what I want to do. Nice. You know what I mean? That's just what I want to do. And, uh, and that's a future game plan and a future game plans that, you know, keep the dragster going and putting somebody else in a dragster and then me moving to a funny car. That's the ultimate goal and plan to have a two car team and have one in each category and to go after it and keep her head down. And, and we'll, we're, we're using everything at DSR. So all the, all the, all the fab shop guys, yeah. all the great engine parts, the cylinder heads, the engine blocks, all the technology they got there. 
we're just going to like you know we're just going to be fastest at the end where we're, we're to ourselves we're able to make some decisions but I, i'm telling you if uh if i start tripping and stumbling i got down there to say hey what's going what are you doing, what are you doing? Right. smack me left smack yeah. me right you know what i mean so yeah well, i think it's and then I think between you, between you and Brian, I think you know when we look at we look at successful people in any sort of uh, in any sort of genre. But like when we look at them in sports, we see the guys, the players that are great players that want to prove that they can coach. We we see like we see that advancement, and and for you know for Brian Karate, who's stacked up championships and top fuel, it's a natural thing to go. I want to see if I can do this, and I know I can, but I want to prove that I can do this to myself. And the same goes for you, where I want to prove that I can kill everybody in pro stock bike i want to we've already proven you can kill them all on top fuel and so now that's the that's the next frontier and and honestly it's how powerful uh how powerful a vision is that right when you have two guys like you and karate and everybody else that that are bought in on this thing and actually see that not just the next six months but see that next two or three year plan together that's a powerful thing yeah, absolutely, and that's what we're that's what we're striving for, Brian. We're 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 trying to uplift, and we're and hopefully you can open up eyes for other people that might come out of the alcohol ranks, and, and like you know, in the alcohol funny car or alcohol dragster, where sure. they can come in there and goes, hey, there's opportunities to go up here where you can still have your program, but you can do it through at DSR. You can do it through a big team like this, and yeah. and Don's is Don is always for thinking. He's always pushing the envelope to what's next, and he's always told each and every one of us that he he inspires us and he pushes us to go out there and achieve more, to get more, and to outwork your competitors, to be better. You know what I mean? Sometimes you might not have all the talent of the guy next to you, but it doesn't stop you from outworking them. And uh, and that's one thing that Don has stressed stress to all of us under, underneath his umbrella as we've been racing for him from his crew chiefs to his crew guys to all of his drivers and and the thing about it is is that i've been comfortable for quite a few years of just driving but you're not growing when you're comfortable Fact. the only way you grow is when you make yourself uncomfortable and i'm telling you right now i'm uncomfortable brother <laughs> <laughs> so, so so for for a lot of the good reasons bad reasons but the thing about it is is that you got to use that to go to that next round. And, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to go to that next round. And, uh, and this is the right choice. And this is a legacy that I want to be able to leave behind for my family one day where they can take over, inspire other people to go out and push and pursue their dreams. And I think that's a lot with, uh, with, you know, this, just this whole next, like, you know, just this, this whole next age group of young men and women coming up it's good for them to see and say hey if i put that work in and i surround myself by the right people and do the right things and prepare myself to be ready for when that opportunity comes that i can make anything possible and make it happen and uh and that's what i'm just trying to do and i'm just trying to push myself to that level and to do that no, it's fantastic. I think when we look back over drag racing history, I think it's like about every 10 or 15 years, the path changes and it doesn't necessarily get better or worse, but the the way you get to the top level, the way that the people that want to achieve that get there is different. It, back in the day, you just went match racing and did all this other stuff and then it became one way. And now I honestly think you're opening up um, an avenue that people are going to be able to take advantage of and kind of doing something again that we've never really seen anybody do before and and something that is 
you know, inevitably going to be successful because of who you're backed by and who you're surrounded with and everything else. Now, I know you got an incredibly busy day, so I'm not going to take much more of your time because you're uh, you're down there with the, the fine folks at Toyota. I do want to ask you about, uh, and I made this comment to Justin Ashley, who I had on the on the podcast the last episode. I said, "Man, I said I feel bad for the guy or girl that is sitting in the other lane against Antron round one in Pomona because I feel like this guy's coming out just swinging with with dynamite in his boxing gloves this year." <laughs> oh, you put the pressure on, didn't you, Brian? Well, no, dude. I know you a little bit. Like, I know, I know yes. that I know that you came out of last year going, okay, that's 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 one of those we're going to write off, and we're going to come out and show everybody what 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 we're all about here. And I just feel like I feel like the level of aggressiveness. You got karate back there. Everybody's comfortable. I feel like you know. I feel like I'm just nervous for the person in the other lane right now. <laughs> well, I'm just letting you know, brother. No matter where I'm at or what I do. You, you saw it through all the years. It doesn't make a difference if we're struggling or we're doing good. I mean, last year we were number two in points in yes. the middle of the season, yeah. and we came in a countdown third. So we were fighting. We just we just messed up in the countdown. Yeah. Plain and simple, no excuses. We just we just messed up. We zigged when we should have zagged and zagged when we should have zigged. And, and now when we're coming in is that everybody t- – like, you know, you, you're used to being at that top level for so long. But what happens is when you get broke down and you get put back in one spot where you're fighting and clawing to try to win a race, well, now that that, that fight is not is, is still in there. And all it is is it's just like all of us. Gotcha. All of us on our team, on our Maco uh, Global Toyota Dragster team, it's got us mean, brother. I'm telling you, before we used to be just like, we used to go out there and just be like polite the polite's gone brother <laughs> nice I'm just, I'm just letting you know like the, the smile the smile the smile will be in winter circle i like and it. everything else is going to be mean and grit and it's it's just time it's time to go to work brother it's going to work and and uh the capco boys the tarnish racing they're the champions that's who it goes through they were the car to beat for the last three years the last three years they've been they've been incredible and now it's time it's time to go out there and uh, get after them, and get, also get after Brittany over there with with, with Rubby. They have a, they have a phenomenal, incredible car, and Austin Prox's car was was going. Clay Milliken's car. There's so many great competitors. My teammate Leah's car throwing down. I mean, there's so many great teams out there. But the thing about it is, is that uh, we're, we're we're back in this fight. We're always been in the fight, but we're coming to fight, brother. We're coming to fight hard this year. I like it, man. I like the sounds of it. I like the news that uh, I saw this week, and uh, really, uh, I get like I said on behalf of uh, I think a lot of drag racing fans, it's an exciting, an exciting moment, an exciting thing to watch that we're going to be able to see evolve kind of right before our very eyes. So, Antron, like I said, man, I certainly appreciate you carving out some time on a day where I'm sure your phone's been melting down, and uh, for giving us a few minutes of your time. Enjoy the meetings, enjoy testing, and I will see you in sunny Southern California very soon. All right, I appreciate it, Brian. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on, like always, brother. Thanks, Antron. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And so there we have it. You know, Antron Brown has been a headline maker his entire career, but this could be his biggest move yet. I like this show. Two guys going in kind of different directions with things. Jason embarking on what will be his last full-time pro-stock NHRA season. Antron Brown embarking on what will eventually be. We will look at this as his formative year of getting his own team together and becoming a team owner to achieve a dream that he's had for a very long time. He also said that he's going to be switching to Nitro Funny Car at some point, so we'll keep our eyes peeled on the news that has to do with that as well. 
The NHRA Winter Nationals are coming up not this weekend, but next weekend. We'll be live on Friday and Saturday with qualifying. And, of course, the big Sunday show for the first the first time of the 2020 season. We'll be eliminating cars on Sunday. It is going to be great. First of 24 races on the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series Tour. And want to make sure you follow NHRA on social media channels. Make sure you follow your favorite drivers to get all the air times so you can tune in and watch the show. Or, of course, you can watch on NHRA.tv if you're a true hardcore fan that wants to see all that sportsman action. Thanks for listening. I look forward to reporting back to you after the conclusion of this 2020 Winter Nationals. We'll get caught up on all the news and scuttlebutt from California at that point, and we'll have a great race breakdown and everything else that comes with it. Thanks for listening to the NHRA Insider Podcast with Brian Loans, and I know you're as excited about getting this season started as I am.